Welcome everybody to episode 17 of the Two on Three podcast. A week late, a week and a few days late, but uh, better late than never. Two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. As always, I'm Ty. You can find my expanded musings on the internet at seatjk. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where are you, Chris? What up? I'm on. Uh, I'm at CD Villasenor on the Twitter, and uh, I know everyone missed us horribly. I know I'm sure. I know they did. I feel our, it. Our dozens of followers. They really. <laughs> you know they need us though. They're they want they want to hear what we have to say. Sure, we bring levity and and and. Uh, snarkiness to their lives uh, <laughs> like there's not enough day. snarkiness in the world like you need but it's our brand of snarkiness yeah and it's really you know we keep it nice nice and tight and mundane really the stuff that that can only bother the, the truly privileged in society <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not familiar with the format of the show we allocate 10 minutes per topic and wrap up with a little freestyle at the end uh interact with the show on twitter at two on three pod uh, i think you can email us but who cares Anyway, this week we're going to explore uh, computer literacy, or lack thereof in government, in light of a few developments over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to recap our personal spring break adventures for you, because we know you can't wait to hear about that. You and, love it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about interesting eating habits and how the how those two things dovetail, to get, dovetail together. Um, we'll wrap up with a little belated master's recap. I don't know how much we're going to recap so much as just talk about what happened. And... Uh, that's uh, that's what we're doing this week. So I'm probably feeling a little rusty. I got to tell you, after a couple of weeks off the mic, um, not quite as smooth feeling as uh, as usual. Um, Plus, you haven't been able to talk for the last two days. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. I I, I still am getting over whatever this is, either sinus infection or some sort of a common cold. Uh, well, voice wasn't working at all uh, for the last two days. Um, you can probably hear to my voice now. Actually, a little little more bass than usual. I was telling Chris before we started recording that I kind of wish my voice was like this all the time. Barry White style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get it started. Uh, let's talk about computer literacy in government. And I think you wanted to talk about uh, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> First of all, isn't Cambridge Analytica like like the third Yes album? Is, it, is, is, that, is, it, is that not what it is? I thought that was a Pink Floyd record, actually. <laughs> it's a, uh, but it was all it was all they could talk about. I did happen to tune in to as much of this coverage like the actual Zuckerberg sitting there looking like the son of Data from Star Wars, the Star Trek The Next Generation just sitting there blank faced, he actually kind of looks like Data just unbelievable, you know I, I would have loved to have gotten the inside of his brain like what the, what his inner monologue was doing because it must have just been a bunch of what? <laughs> oh, I get the sense that he is fairly disconnected from most of what happens at the company these days. And of course he, he is. Was, it was classic executive answers where it's like, yeah, I don't really know. And there's sort of this this big faux uh, outrage that the CEO doesn't know about everything that goes on in his organization as if that's not pretty much the norm across the board. Well, yeah, especially a company like Facebook that is relatively large and they have lots of things that they're doing and he can't possibly be involved very deeply in much of it other right. than to say, this sounds good. Go do that. But yeah. What do you think his role really is these days? Just kind of chilling. No, I think that I think Bezos plays an active role in terms of what a CEO can do. I mean, I've seen CEOs work, and it's generally 
you know, they bless on some, they bless off some directions and then they say, come back and pitch this back to us and this and that, but it's all high level. So all this other stuff is just goofy. But uh, before we get into all the nonsense that went on during this particular there, uh, I want to, I want to put some of the blame on the people who take the Facebook quizzes. People. When, when they, when someone says, what, you know, what, what was your first car? They're just fishing for your birth date. Right. You know, they're, you know, they're all these quizzes that you're taking and you, you, that I see people take on Facebook. They're just mining you for, Hey, what's your rock star name? You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're, if you're born in this month and you're on the on this date, it's like, and then you say, Oh, my rock star names, you know, rocket. Johnson or whatever. It's like they've just gotten you've just given them I think just, I think Rocket Johnson is your porn star name, <laughs> but you know <laughs> it is. But so stop taking so what I'm telling people is stop taking the goddamn quizzes. Well just you know what? Why don't just meander over to BuzzFeed if you want to take a quiz. Right. Or you no, can don't just... even do that. They're because those people are collecting your their those people are collecting your information too. Well do it in a different browser than your Facebook <laughs> Stop taking those things. Well, so this speaks to the broader problem that I have with the whole thing, with just just basic computer literacy, and obviously the government skews extremely toward the septuagenarian uh, demographic, and it's never more apparent than in some of the questions they ask. Um, I also, I can't remember which senator was like, I think it was Orrin Hatch that asked Zuckerberg, like, how they make money if the platform is free. Zuckerberg (laughs) was like, well, senator, we run ads. And then Hatch is like, sort of like, oh, I see all like snooty and it's like, dude, that's the, that's the television <laughs> business model and has been your like, well, not your entire life, but our entire lives. Do you mean ads for Russia? Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny. I got into a little bit of a, a debate on Twitter about this because I had a friend who was saying, what's the problem with this? Why is everybody so up in arms? Um, you know, this has been the TV dynamic for 50 years. I didn't know that anybody was confused about that. And of course, this gentleman works for another large tech company in the Valley. So his attitude is that, why don't you know this? You know, it's the curse of knowledge, right? Like sure. I know it. Why don't you know it? Right. Um, but my argument is that in that space was that, yes, but there's a total difference when the, the if the television was interactive and knew who you were. That's a different dynamic altogether, and you can't make you can't equate those two things, uh, particularly if the TV knew who you were, told you it didn't or it wasn't keeping track of who you were, and then secretly was and also selling that information to everyone else. The I, you know again, I think we talked about this a while back, but I'm generally fine with one to one marketing. Like, if you know I want something, go sure. ahead and market it to me. Yeah. This is no different. This is, I know I like conservative speech, or I know I like more liberal speech, and they're just marketing it to you. Yeah. And they're, but, but what you have to realize is that Facebook is the National Enquirer. I mean, Bat Boy is, right. is alive. Right. So that's the, you have to understand that they're marketing you bullshit. Right? right. I mean, that's right. and and the people who read it like it's the news. And I think the 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 I, they're banding about some statistics, but it's something like 40 or 45 percent of people get part of a, 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 at least a part of their news from Facebook. That's let's, insane. Let's be clear. Facebook is not a good source for news. No, it's in fact, 
aside from what your friends are eating and what their kids are and what your friends' kids are doing, that's the news of Facebook. If you're actually getting, if you're like, I'm eating a cheeseburger, which we'll get to later, or I, my kids are playing soccer. I mean, that's news. That's the Facebook news. Everything else yeah, on Facebook s- is crap. It's a don't social platform. Pay, don't pay attention to it. And your friends who like to forward that stuff. You can ignore that stuff that they forward, and then when they post pictures of their kids, you know, click a like, give them a like. Yeah, oh, well, it's, it's my kid's birthday. Okay, here's a like for you. Okay. When did you get credulous about email forwards? Because that's what Facebook news is. Yes, exactly. Like, it's when you no get email forwards, you're like, oh, this is some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but right. now it's oh, now because it's what on some sort of platform. We were talking about this too in the debate. Is that the Facebook platform rewards your trust? Like mm-hmm. it's the model. You get more out of it the more you trust it. Yeah. And so that leads to you feeling like you can trust it or that they're curating your feed and that it's not just a bunch of puke put it put up there by, you know, whomever and is, you know, paying for promotion. And right. they don't and they, they don't in the feed. It's not really well advertised. I mean, even on Twitter, you'll see stuff like there's stuff that pops up in my feed. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then it's right below. It's like promoted. And it's like, oh, well, at least I know why this garbage is here. <laughs> right. The uh, but that's the it. It's 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 not a credible form of it's not a credible form of news ge- of news consumption, and this well, and as soon as people and as soon as people come to grips with that, and and start and stop rewarding people or debating people on the things that they post, the less those people are going to start posting that stuff, and you're yeah. just going to say, you know what, ignore all that stuff. Give me give me what you're having for dinner, and give me what your kids are doing. And give me where you know, give me your foot in the sand pictures. I, I like those, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just just stop forwarding me. Stop putting stuff like that on your timeline. I mean, because from 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 realamerican.net or from <laughs> you know from progressivethinking.org. Right. I just don't, I don't need it. I don't need. I don't need it. You're not gonna. You're not swaying anybody. Um. You know, there's the other part of it where you're you're trying to impress your like-minded friends by coming up with these things that solidify your positions around certain issues, either being conservative or liberal, and you, and so your friends pile on. Yes, you're absolutely right. You know, you're so smart. Thank you for posting this. This right. this totally feeds my narrative. Right. <laughs> and and then of course they forward it. Of course you see the the, the article then like the three people below it who've forwarded it and you're just like or who've posted it themselves. It's like stop it. It's not what I that's not what I want Facebook for. I you know it's just if you want to have a cup of coffee and talk about you know, this kind of stuff, fine. But from a social media perspective, just just give me the just give me the highlights. You know, just give me the highlights of your life. I don't need you don't need to go deep on me. I I always called Facebook the uh the great internet cocktail party. Mm. Like would you blow it? Like what would you what would you what would if you if you were What are you going to say? Who are you going to blow at the cocktail party? No. <laughs> if you blow, yeah. I'm going to do blow at the cocktail party. <laughs> no. If you blow into a cocktail party and you start laying down this heavy shit, you'll be sitting by yourself. Oh, well, that's who I've become now. That's, that's, who, that's why I can only hang out with my existing friends. Because like I like when we started this topic, you're keeping it real light, and you're like, "Oh, it's this and that and this." And I'm I'm gonna get this out before this buzzer rings because I can't fucking take it anymore. But speaking of interviews in front of Congress, well, not this particular one, but Comey and his. Well, I we found these emails, and and I needed to let people know that there was a possibility because you know all the reasons he's justified for his terrible decision making. 
I don't think there's an easier data set in the world to compare than two large chunks of email. Um, <laughs> perhaps take the five minutes required for the server to run through the 650,000 emails and decide that there's only, you know, 2,000 unique ones and then do your analysis before you say anything about it. I mean, I, I, you know, what do I know about it? Well, you're the FBI also. Like, you don't have people who do this stuff? Uh, uh, yeah, where's, uh, where's Hanratty? Right. He seems like the guy. He knows how to do it. Right. How or he would at least find the guy to do it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, anyway. All right. I could, we could, I could go hard on this. Maybe we'll have to come back to it at some point. But we might have to come back to it's that. It's pretty gross. It is, I liked it, it like Zuckerberg sitting on that four-inch cushion, though, to make sure he looked nice and tall. I, you know what? I think a lot of people sit on that cushion. <laughs> they say no. They say people have that. They mean that, that's a that's a pretty standard. Hey, you know thing. what? Don't don't rationalize away my shitting on Zuckerberg. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there's plenty of reasons to crap on him. That 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 actually looked comfy. I might get one of those for my chair. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's. You move think on. that was memory foam or something? It looked nice. <laughs> yes, it's very contoured to his buttocks. <laughs> All right, so a uh, little spring break recap. So we were both out of town, which is why there was no episode last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in beautiful Leavenworth, Washington, in the mountains. Uh, where'd you get to? Ricola, Ricola. Is that what, did you get? Did you? Did the guy blow that horn? I need the, the Ricola this week, man. I'm dying. I know. Does that dude still blow that horn in in Leavenworth? Uh, it didn't happen while I was there. At least, uh, not that I was aware of. I think I went there one time that some dude blew a mountain horn like every day or something. Okay, I don't know. It's I'll like have to it, look that up. I don't know. We've seen this really cool place, though. Yeah. Yeah. This kitschy German. Kitschy, quote-unquote, German. Can I, can I make German town? German sure. town. I'm making sure. the air quotes. I went to Chicago to eat. Oh, yeah. That's what I went. It's a good it's, place to eat. It is, it is a terrific place to eat. Now, if you haven't been to Chicago in a while, as an adult especially, um, it's a good place to go. You know, there's everything is everything's relatively close if you stay downtown. We stayed downtown. Yeah. Everything is relatively close and easy to the Trump Tower walk. I I stood right next to it and bathed in it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we took the architectural cruise on a day when it was 34 degrees out, and I thought I was going to die. I thought my family was going to die on top of this boat, frozen. I did that. That's a good time. The architectural cruise was awesome, and our our guide was out of hand. She knew everything about everything about everything about everything building on that river it was really cool i uh, you know i wish i was slightly more comfortable from a temperature perspective right but it was totally worth it so a, a must a must do but yeah we went in the late summer and it was quite pleasant yeah yeah actually we went up the reason i asked about trump towers because we did go up there because it was recommended this as a place with a good view and this was before this is four or five years ago so you know, he was just telling he was just telling people Obama was from Kenya. He wasn't the crazy president yet. Sure, sure, sure. But I will say that while the uh, the patio bar was pretty cool and like they had the outdoor fireplace and all, you know, the, the freestanding thing with the mm-hmm. rocks and the fire comes out it was all cool. And then looked over the the river leading out to the lakes, so really cool view. But sixteen dollar cocktails and they're the shitty cocktails. So. <laughs> and and now you're not shocked by that. No, no. Looking back on it, it makes sense. So what did you? So what's to do in Leavenworth for spring break? Well, um, it's really just about getting out of the house with the kids. Uh, we have found that um, with the younger children, that when we get just on location, if it's sort of um, drivable, so we've gone out to the San Juans a lot. Just being away from home, sort of the breakup of the monotony um, yeah. helps. And you know, it was going to be spring break for the elementary schooler anyway, so she wasn't going to be in school. And 
uh, we we're just going to take the vacation. So it was more just let's let's get out of here for a couple of days. Um, air, we were only air, out there out, for, air them out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we stayed in a place with a lot of different fun things to do, like a, a big outdoor space, the fire pit, and there was a hot tub. And I'd like to go back to the place in the summer because they have a pool there as well mm-hmm. that wasn't open yet for the season. Um, but, you know, we took them on the hikes, walked them through the town, uh, and just did kid stuff, went to the uh, the little with the Alpine activity center and stuff with the, yeah, yeah, just the family type fun activities and really just kind of got out in a different place, different playgrounds, walked on the river trail. Um, I snuck off and played around a golf, the Leavenworth JC, mm-hmm. um, yeah, attacked just... by, uh, attacked by a bear, <laughs> no bears. We fought a bear. Just that guy at the bar. <laughs> just, that, just that dude. Yeah. No, we did the... So we were... So as far as going to Chicago, you know, we had, you know, take the kids. Um, we had to do the, the, the Chicago pizza thing, right? So everybody's... Sure. Pizza's like religion. You can't... There's no, there's no talking about pizza to people. You know what I mean? Because if you go to Chicago, you say, I want to have a Chicago-style pizza. And there are probably a half a dozen top-tier sure. Chicago-style pizzas. You ask six people, you'll get eight different answers about these six places. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's like, I don't know. You've got to pick a place. So we ended up picking Giordano's. Sure. Which, which my Chicago man, Scott Simon, who we all know and love, Simon says it's his favorite. So, you know, I got to go with, you know, so I got to go with Simon. And so if you've never had Chicago-style pizza, it's essentially a lasagna. Yeah, they, it's, it's they, pie. It, they call it a pizza. It's not pizza. But, it, but it's a lasagna. Yeah. And they bring it out to you, and it's like, hey, what's this lasagna you brought out to me? It's like, oh, that's not lasagna. That's a pizza. And it's like, oh, okay. It's basically, it's a round lasagna that you cut like pizza, but you have to eat it like a lasagna. Like, you can't scoop it up with your hand and start eating it because it's just impossible you can you have to eat the first 20 percent off the end and then you can pick it up it's just ridiculous anyway i'll never get to eat it again so oh that's right it's a cheese <laughs> thing that's right are you so this is why you should go to this is why you should go to st louis and eat emo's pizza because they don't use real cheese <laughs> they, they use they use this process prevel which is awesome and well, might... Yeah, but if it started as a dairy product, it's out. Oh, well, that's too bad because Emo's Pizza is awesome. Anywho, the uh, so it was great. So I, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. But here's the thing about Chicago style pizza: it's great when it's hot, but as it cools, it gets it gets kind of it gets kind of yucky kind of fast. Yeah, that, there's a lot of vegetables involved. That cheese, that cheese core. We didn't have a lot of vegetables in that one, but okay. that that core of cheese gets kind of kind of gloopy like bad like it hardens in a not fun way you know like you know how a domino's pizza like when it gets cold is still very edible sure that i did not feel that way as we were working our way through this pizza as it got cold i did not find it to be as good like it has a steep curve like a steep drop off of yeah because it's not pizza Because it's a lasagna, like eating cold lasagna. Yeah, imagine you, you're you not going to pop out a calzone out of the fridge after it's been in there overnight and just to eat it. You're right. going to put that thing in the oven, and that's what right. you're doing with the deep dish. Yeah, I mean, so so we had the Giordano's. Did you it have was, it at Giordano's? Or did you we have did it have it at Giordano's. There's one over there by the bean, and then we took our picture with that mirrored bean thing. See, my experience, yeah, the, the, the bean is the bean's fun. It's weird, yeah. but it's fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny thing that 
that draws everyone. Yeah. Even on a crappy day, the day we were there, it wasn't very nice. There was just a ton of people. Because people just like to look at themselves, I think. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it starts at an early age if my children are to be uh, any, or my children are any example. <laughs> so anyway, went to the Giordano's. I would like to try some of the other ones. They, they you know, there's all kinds of, like, there's, there's, uh, um, you know, Pizzeria Uno or some other ones. So I, I think I'd like to try more of them. I don't. I guess. Uh, hey, if anybody, if anybody listening to this is savvy on their Chicago pizza, they should chime in. I think we should. Like again, I think it needs another name. What? It's just. It, it's. It's. I refuse to call it pizza. It's just <laughs> not pizza. <laughs> just because you made it look like a pizza doesn't, doesn't make it a pizza. pizza. All right. Then we it, went off to. Yeah. Then we went off to Ocheval the next night. So here was the here was the cool here was the here was the coup of the whole first part of our vacation is that we we the kids their aunt came took them away and we were in chicago for That's a couple clutch. of days on our own and so we went and ate at like places we want to so Ocheval, best burger that you could probably eat like i'm saying it's i can't imagine enjoying a burger more than i enjoyed that cheeseburger and, really? I, and we yeah and we That's had to a wait, bold statement man and we had to, and we had to wait two hours to get in for a hamburger for a yes, for a cheeseburger, and it was amazing. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, go across the street. Was there an eleven dollar milkshake? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is that, even, could, a, is that even a they, real reference anymore? It's like twenty four years old. <laughs> now would be like a twenty dollar milkshake, right? Yeah, yeah. They have uh, they have uh, and they have they have good cocktails. It's a good place. The place is dark. You have to eat in the dark though. But uh, that's how was, the young people like it. I know, I know. But they played music and stuff, and it was, you know, they played they played loud music at these restaurants. Which so we went there. Then the next night we went across the street and ate at uh, the Girl and the Goat, which is one of those. She's an Iron Chef, okay. Uh, Stephanie Izard, like very well renowned, had a killer meal there. But what I notice is in Chicago at these both at least these two restaurants, they play really loud music, and I was trying to think to myself. Where could you eat in Seattle where they would consider themselves closer to fine dining than not? Like, not fast casual, but like really like putting some time into those, into their dishes. Yeah. Where they play loud music. Well, Lord knows I haven't been out of the house in nearly a decade. <laughs> so All right. People need to chime in. Because yeah, I'm I not up to speed on the Seattle nightlife spots. Because I couldn't. Because I couldn't think. I mean, we eat at we eat at some nice places around town, but there's no place where I thought to myself, "Well, this music's loud," and and they play loud music in those in those in those uh, in those restaurants, which I thought was. was well, my experience uh, with Chicago is that it's cool, but everywhere you go is like trying to be New York. So everything's trying a little harder than it needs to be. It's like you'll I, go into the club and it's like there's 15 curtains you got to walk through. <laughs> the drinks are super expensive. There's like nowhere to sit. Like, what oh, is- sit on these boxes and put your drink over here on the floor. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is this? We don't have any furniture in here except milk crates and curtains. And the what drinks is- are $30. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite comedians when I was a young when I was a kid was uh, Richard Jenny, and Richard Jenny used to do this bit about New York. He's like, Chicago is basically people who were in New York and said, "Hey, you know what? There's just not enough crime, and it's not cold enough in the winter. Let's go west." 
What was the Richard Jenny show on in the nineties on UPN? I don't know. That you don't was, remember? Yeah, I do. It's I think it was called the Richard Jenny show. Really? But there's a Richard Jenny um, HBO special from the late eighties called I think Crazy from the Heat or something like that. Yeah. And it is so freaking funny. It's oh. still funny. I watched Richard Jenny pour one out. Yeah, no, he died. I years didn't know ago. that. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he died years ago, but, man, if you get a chance, <laughs> go back and watch Crazy from the Heat, Richard Jetty. Just good well, stuff. Well, so speaking of eating, for our third topic tonight, um, somehow over the course of the two weeks when we're collecting topics in our shared Google Doc, uh, a lot of I, I've entered a lot of different food topics. <laughs> by the so, way, by the way, our shared Google Doc is like the I Ching. It's like this. It's like the. It's like where where there's some 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 ancient civil like like future civilizations will find this this repository and like come across our shared Google Doc <laughs> and think to themselves, what amazing people lived during this time. <laughs> What what I mean just I mean just just the just the the intellect and the insight and the and the amazing understanding of life that that <laughs> that appears in this in this Google Doc. This is off topic, but at work yesterday uh, I was on a conference call and on the customer side, um, the, he was there was a lot of background noise and then I could hear kind of people having a conversation and then all of a sudden in the conversation the guy in the background goes I want the knife. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a nice moment for me. Nobody else seemed to notice. But right. I, I really enjoyed it. All right, so food topics. Um, there's not really a, a, a cohesive uh, topic here. I guess basically it started with the fact that I was being gluttonous, as you just talked about, um, but like in a disgusting way. So uh, in the winter, I often cook a steak inside the house on a skillet in the oven. Um, do some searing on the stovetop, and then you you put it in the oven. Yeah. To finish. And I had seasoned the crap out of it and, you know, had a nice crust on it and everything. So after the, the skillet had cooled and I'd finished the steak and my family had left the room, um, when I was cleaning the skillet, I may have, you know, scraped out a bunch of the, the steak leavings and, and, and eaten them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Uh, and then I added this to the topic because then uh, the other day I made some noodles and I salted and buttered those noodles. And when the noodles were gone, I uh, got a spoon and I ate all the salted butter out of the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> So in other news, I'm going to die soon. No, which is, I think this is, here's what, you just need to like get some crackers or something. <laughs> I mean, that's like a dip. Yeah. That's right. a, like, like steak leavings dip. I think there's, I mean, let's, if we're talking about iron chefs right here, yeah. I think you're on to something there because I also have a cast iron that I cook steaks in mm-hmm. and I generally butter poach. Mm-hmm. So, which, by the way, it's like, you know, as close to I'll get as being a fireman, which is to say you've got, like, two pot holders on this, on this skillet and a glove mm-hmm. because it's basically molten by the time I get to it because, you know, you put it in a 500-degree oven. Right. And then you hit the steak and then you put your stovetop on high. Then you hit it with the steak. Right. And then you throw the butter in there and then you splash it around and you get some garlic and, you know. Yeah, I, I cook with olive oil, but yeah. Yeah, and you just splash it all around in there, and it comes out awesome. But you're right. What's left in that pan is <laughs> solid gold. It's, it was and quite good. You, and you have to, like, make use of it. So I don't clean the pan. I'm just usually waiting to make scrambled eggs in it because mm. making scrambled eggs in the steak leavings pan is awesome because of that rosemary still in there that garlic still in there all that butters in there all that beef fats in there 
and it makes the best scrambled eggs the next day. Oh, that sounds delicious. See, I need my children to get older because I'm still in the phase of there was if there was black things in the eggs, oh, yeah. it's not they're not getting eaten. <laughs> so I, I got like a pristine pan and no pepper can touch it on the way from the pan to the plate. Yeah, they got to be perfect. Uh, but yeah, so what did I what did I see? Goofy people, I don't know. Uh, you know, goofy chefs and whatnot. They make uh, they're making things now out of uh, cereal milk. Okay, sure. Yeah, they just basically pour milk into a big bowl of cereal. They strain the they strain the they strain the milk out. And they make something with that milk. They make cakes or or ice cream or whatever with cereal milk. I think I would have a hard time with that, getting over the idea that that wasn't in someone's bowl that they had like <laughs> eaten all the cereal out of, and then I got a dish made with. <laughs> But cereal milk is, I mean, that's the kind of thing, the, the leavings, I think you're, the leavings is the best part. Like, there's well, it's, a lot of. I don't want to get away from this, but I, I wanted to also talk about, when we talk about the leavings, mm-hmm. another thing that I put on the list because it came up today is I was rinsing a jelly jar to put it in the uh, recycling. And because I'm a responsible recycler most of the time. And, you know, if you look at the bin, they're really like. It's, it's really quite intense, the instructions on making sure the recycling is clean and dry. And, like, it's got to be intense just because they're trying to get you to comply because there's no way the majority of recyclers are rinsing out their cans and bottles on the way to the, the, the bin, wait, right? Wait, wait, in the, wait how, how is it that in the recycling process that stuff doesn't get clean? That's what I'm saying because the label <laughs> is on there, right? What's, what's the point? I, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's just they're try. It's probably easier. Maybe it takes less energy. I, we probably sound like assholes, but like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, i I rinse out the I rinse out the yogurt yeah. and stuff because yeah. I just don't want it to stink. Yes, but it's also though absurd that <laughs> anyone ever threw glassware of any kind in like the trash. Like the, oh. I've been recycling since I was a kid, so the idea of like throwing a glass jar that has a lid into the trash. Like, that seems like a useful thing. I guess I would be, if we didn't have recycling, I'd have some shed full of, like, empty jars that I never used. Yeah, well, you know, what's funny is, like, Waste Management just sent me a, a, a letter the other day that told me not to recycle so much. Really? Yeah, They because we send so much of our recycling overseas. Uh-huh. Apparently, apparently the cost of that is going up, and they don't want you to recycle as much. Oh, well, that seems wrong. They're like, throw more shit away. It's like, if you're not sure it's recyclable, throw it away. Well, that's, then, that's essentially what they, that's essentially what they're saying. I just need now. a switch so you can like, where I can start throwing away things like, you know, fluorescent light bulbs. Now in <laughs> California, now in California, they, they have trash separation. I know, and that's not a great job to have, granted, no. trash separation, but it's a job. Yeah, and they do it. All the trash goes to th- on the conveyor belt. People, pick, you know, workers separate the trash, and some goes to recycling, and some goes to the garbage. But well, you don't have to worry about people. You don't have to worry about people. You know, having to choose. But you know, why not? If you're serious about it, is there? Not to totally derail this conversation, but is there a reason <laughs> that our packaging is poor, so poorly designed? Um, why is it so hard? Like, why does it make sense to give me a peanut butter jar that is tall and then tapered at the top? Because if I can't reach, if, if your peanut butter jar is 
like as long as my knife is from tip to handle, I don't want to yeah. put my hand in it to get the <laughs> peanut butter out of the bottom what, of the jar. D- did you not buy a spatula? What I mean, what did you not have other implements in your home? Well, of course, but that's not my point. It's like why is it? Why 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 are these dumb? I mean, it's a plastic jar. It could be any shape. Why sure. isn't it shorter and fatter? It would take up the same space. Like a Nutella jar is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. Like, why isn't it shorter and fatter? And, and that's true for everything, right? Like, I mean, these we have these stand-up condiments now, too, right? The mayonnaise has the squirt top. Uh, sure. I, I want to redesign the whole thing where, like, the squirt top is on there, but then there's also, like, a, a thing you can disconnect in the middle, twist the whole thing off, like, a quarter of the way down so that when it gets <laughs> – when there's, like – you know, because when you get the squirt top, it's, like, once you get to about – 40% left. It's like a, a battle to get it to squirt out of the, the bottle. You got to you got to not you got to like you got to be like a subway sandwich artist. You got to knock that thing on the counter like a half a dozen times. But like you got to yeah, it. but you got to do it like multiple times. Like it's like knock knock <laughs> knock squeeze, knock 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 squeeze. It's like I want lots of mayonnaise, all right? <laughs> Cough it up, you dirty bastard. Well, you're well, if you want lots of mayonnaise, you're buying it wrong. You got you can't buy the squeezer. You got to buy the big jar of Hellman's and get a but spatula. Now we're back to now we're back to and get, and get a spatula. You know, just, I once bought Kraft Mayo just because of the form factor of the jar. It, it was it a mistake. Yes, oh, my mistake. God, it's disgusting. Yeah, don't buy that. No, I, apparently I, all other manias besides best foods is disgusting. I didn't know I this because I've I always been eat, a best foods person. I would eat uh, I would eat the uh, the, the uh, Miracle Whip before I ate the, the, the mayo. Yeah, I agree. And I hate Miracle Whip. I think it's disgusting. I like Miracle Whip. It's gross. But no, what the speaking of miracle, I, you cannot spring that on somebody. You cannot like make me a sandwich and just be like, "Oh, here's your sandwich." You better has tell mayonnaise me. On it. Has mayonnaise on it? No, it does not. You liar. Whip. <laughs> I, I didn't ask for any tangy zip in my, in no. my sandwich. Let me let me roll this conversation back around to the leavings. Okay, because the leavings is where where the magic happens. Because we don't have frying if not for the leavings. Yes. Because somebody killed a wild boar. And then, like, they cooked it, and it dripped out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then someone said, why don't we just collect all that stuff that drips out of there? I bet it tastes good. And then they collected a big old pot of it, and then someone said, hey, can you throw some potatoes in that? <laughs> right. And then, and, then, and, and then someone said, hey, throw that bread dough in there next. And then, of course, this is it. So, so I, think you're, I, think, I think the leavings is really, is really where cooking happens. That's, let's that's, make a let's start a restaurant. That's what we can call it. Leavings. The leavings. <laughs> I think we have to work on our marketing a little bit. <laughs> we make food out of stuff that drips out of other food. <laughs> we go through cheesecloth like a mother. Yeah, it's yeah. Everything you eat here has been cooked uh, something else and then strained and then made into the food that you're eating now. Why does all lunch meat smell like farts when you open it? Because it's 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 more expedient that way because it just smells like farts when it comes out. <laughs> it's like a preview. <laughs> hey, I like baloney, man. You could uh, my not... bologna... Hey, my baloney has a first name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know how that goes. It's but... not even your baloney had eyes too. You know, <laughs> I know. It's totally fine. I'm totally. <laughs> I'm but it's not even just it. baloney though. I mean, like I bought some some boar's head. You know. Same day cut in the sealed bag, mm, and it, no. I, it wasn't ham; it's was chicken. And I opened it up, and I'm like, "It smells like farts." Yeah, I'm like, "This is gonna taste delicious," but right now I am disgusted because it smells like farts. Is it the plastic? Maybe. Maybe they got to upgrade their packaging materials. But they like they cut it in front of you and put it in the thing, or it was just no, no, no. The, it was like it was the, the, the daily cuts. Yeah, like it's they cut the it every day, and it's just in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm always like, you gotta cut me, you gotta cut me new shit. I don't want. No, the stuff I just that, go to the, the. I don't want the stuff that's cut. Cut me some stuff. You know what's funny? That's that's because I hang out with my wife, which my wife is. There's basically one way to cut ham, and it's this way. It's uh, I'd like ham. I'd like it cut thin, and then it gets cut, and it's like you call that thin. <laughs> she like I want you to cut the ham on bias. It's, <laughs> Set that angle, motherfucker. I mean, it, might be, it might be a it might be a Jewish girl thing, but it's one of those things where you call that thin. Is that thin ham? Does that ham look thin to you? I'm like it's like. Honey, they can't cut it in angstroms. Okay, it, it's there's like it's the metric system. She's like, Man, I'm trying to make a mask. Right. They don't, they don't have face. an electron microscope laser that they could like <laughs> cut your ham with. I mean, the lady can only dial the thing till it stops. At one point, it won't cut your ham, and then at the next click, it cuts the ham. That's as fine as she can cut it. I'm sorry. That's just, I mean, stop abusing, <laughs> stop abusing the ham woman. Right, she's going to lose a fingertip trying to meet just, your exacting standards. <laughs> There's this woman who used to work at the Albertsons in Green Lake when we used to live there, and and I swear to God, she would just stare daggers at, at my wife. <laughs> she just I hated you, her. Lady. She just hated her because she'd always be like, I'd like some ham, I'd like a pound and a half of ham, please, and can you cut it thin, like really thin, like thin. Like, so thin, really thin, as thin as you can cut it thin. <laughs> this woman is like, I'm going to come over this counter and strangle you, woman. I swear to God. I feel guilty if when your I husband... make the Home Depot guys cut my wood. I'm going to harass the deli She's guy. like, if your husband wasn't so adorable, I would strangle you in front of him. That's basically <laughs> what she was saying. <laughs> All right, so for the overtime this week, uh, you wanted to at least touch on uh, revisiting the Masters, which we had such a a good time picking before we took our break. Um, obviously Patrick Reed won in, uh, in, I don't want to say epic fashion, I guess in the, in the sense that he held off all comers and nobody was able to eclipse his effort for the day, but it's not like he had a great Sunday. Yeah. Well, here's my problem with this whole narrative. That guy wins the masters and all anyone could talk about was Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler. Well, nobody likes Pat Reed. Well, that's not the point. The point is the guy won the Masters. Let's talk about him. And the only thing they could tell us about Patrick Reed was that he hates his family. Which, again, bugged the crap out of me. It's like, let's talk about the fact that the guy won the golf tournament. His family business is none of your business. It seems like he kind of hates everybody. I mean, to yeah. be fair. Well, he's, I mean, maybe he's an asshole. Maybe he's unbalanced. Maybe he's a maybe he's a complete jerk or whatever. But that's, that's not the point. Tiger Woods was not friendly. Right. Pat Reed did wear a choker for a number of years. I think he still still wears that thing, that little black, that black rope necklace thingy. I I tweeted at him one time. I was like, that's not a great look on a husky dude there, friend. (laughs) (laughs) You got to drop it. But it was a good tournament, and I think that that the media coverage pissed me off more than anything. I like Pat Reed. I I like his game. I wish he was more consistent. I wish he was finishing in the top ten, you know, Ten times a year instead of he, three or four a, times a year. He's a guy who can get hot. Yeah, he he goes on heaters for sure. And that's and and that's most golfer, golfers. But, well, here the consistent golfers, the consistent golfers are all like the fiftieth player in the world, the th- you know thirty to eighty. Right. <laughs> those Matt are Kuchar the cons- Zach Johnson. Those are the consistent guys. Yeah, you need a guy who can get hot three times a year and win. Yeah, if I get hot, I win. That's the kind of golfer you want to be. You don't want to be. I'm pretty good all the time, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a, I make the cut most more often than not. And you make a good living, but you're not going to bring home any trophies. But I appreciate that about Patrick Reed. He gets hot, he wins. I mean, that's the and and I don't think and people wanted to and people hate him just because he's whatever. I don't hate him. I don't, I don't hate him. Don't he like put McElroy in the trash can in the Ryder Cup. That was great. Yep. That was awesome. <laughs> and, and, I've never and, really harbored any ill will toward McElroy, but then during no. that tournament, I was there, and we were like, it was the day after they had told people to stop like swearing at the players. <laughs> I was kind of bummed out because I was already I was pumped up to be like, eat shit, McElroy. <laughs> Didn't really get to do that. But and, we started just doing it like without the without the articulation, so it yeah. became a thing that my group was doing. Obnoxious, no doubt. Sure, like, it's the Ryder Cup. But you know, as as much as I'm in the tank for McElroy, he had a chance to make a moment and that completely was came and came up small. I was so excited for Sunday, and then he just folded, he just sh- shit his pants under the weight of the, the magenta god. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big thing for me, by the way, that he didn't come out in red uh, when he's leading a tournament on Sunday. I think that was. That's a good karmic Nike, choice. Nike, Nike, Nike pulled the Nike pulled the carpet out from under him. They told him, "All right, Patrick, no, you're not wearing red." Why pink? You think though? I Did think he, he had some choices because it was now because it's it's the script. You got when you, when you work for the swoosh, they give you the scripting. You have some input you though. The, you wear the not when you're Patrick Reed. He's but obviously not, though, but he's wearing not, red on Sundays for years. I know, but he didn't wear it on Sunday at the Masters because Tiger was floating around and well, yeah he did it that other tournament and then blew it remember what was the he right was about he to was win like, yeah he earlier was in the season just luck i don't yeah. i don't blame him but the uh <laughs> but you know he he won and but everyone could talk about it's like spieth oh my god he, he was he was spieth was awesome i have to agree it's and, just it's great when somebody catches fire and ricky fowler played a good tournament but whatever but he did what he always whole, does though didn't he have when, a bad saturday but when three quarters of the coverage is not about the guy who won, but yeah. if it had been about if either of those two guys had won, it would have been ninety nine percent coverage of those two guys, of either of those two guys yeah. had either of them won. So Patrick Reed gets the little bit of the short end of the stick, but he gets the jacket, which he's happy to wear everywhere, <laughs> which which I'm totally all for. Like Twitter what? had Twitter had a problem with him wearing it to the Rockets game the other day. Why? That's what I said. I wouldn't like, you? I would wear it everywhere. In yeah. fact, I would start finding ways to like make green jacket. Like I'd have a green windbreaker that I would wear around. <laughs> I would find like I would find a green like down vest to wear around. You know what I'm would, excited for? I would wear green. All my outerwear would become instantly green, and everywhere I went, I'd be wearing green outerwear always. If I won the Masters, it would be I would be fully obnoxious about it. I'm excited for like 60 year old grumpy. Like you think Patrick Reed is grumpy now? I want. <laughs> I'm excited for a 60 year old Masters champion who's only playing like not playing any tournaments anymore, but comes out for the Masters every year and is uh, just like just pissed all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and tell stories about how great he was. You yes. know how great I was. I was so fucking great. That one time I won. <laughs> The one, you better, you better, you've got to knock off another one though, or you get to sit at the kitty table. Yeah, you don't, don't want to be down th- there with uh, Ian Woosnam. You, do, you don't want to be down there with Woosnam and Mike Weir <laughs> and Trevor Immelman. 
sitting at that table going, hey, guys, what's up? Good to see you again this year. Sitting at the kitty table. Uh, what what it's like there. Yeah, what over here by like... the kitchen door in the butler cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get off the kitty table. That's his big one. But I was happy for, for Patrick Reed. I, I felt actually going into the Sunday, I was pretty much okay with any of the possible outcomes. This the Obviously, I didn't see the speed thing coming, but like I was rooting for any one of Fowler, McElroy, uh, or Reed, I was fine with any of those outcomes. I was yeah. when when Fowler started to put a charge together. I, I did start to get excited about that. I was like, just because I was looking, for, I want to, I want a playoff. You know what I mean? Like, a, sure, let's go to a playoff. But uh, didn't happen, and uh, Reed was able to hold him off, and uh, good for him. Because uh, even though I said he was going to look like the Joker when he put on that green jacket with that pink shirt, it, <laughs> it looked pretty looked, good. <laughs> it was looked pretty smooth. I gotta say, I gotta throw up some props. It didn't look nearly as bad as I thought it was going to. I almost bought that shirt. I almost bought that shirt the next day. Yeah, you did send me the picture. I know. Yeah, I was get that your, close. Get I your Ashley Barn rat on. <laughs> I, t- I touched it. I touched the shirt. I almost purchased it. I'm surprised you didn't, to be honest. Yeah, I don't buy it. I can't, I, I can't buy the shirts at full price, man. That, that shirt's like $120. No, well, you can't, not on a regular basis. You can make <laughs> a special exception. The the Patrick Reed Master shirt. What am I to tell people this story? No. Hey, I'm, I'm going to wear that to the golf course. And people are like, are you wearing the Patrick Reed Master shirt? <laughs> be like, at the Bellevue uh, Muni? Yeah, like, yeah, at the yeah, Bellevue Muni. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Yeah, you should come out and play in the AM this year. And on the uh, second day, wear, wear the, the shirt. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should play that. Especially after shirt. you shot a 94 on the first day. <laughs> Right, yeah, or I just wear it to the driving range. Like, there's this dude I see at the driving range all the time who gets decked for the driving range. Oh yeah, like he comes oh, yeah. out in his, at, in his at Newcastle. Vest. Oh no, like he's it's Nike. He looks nice all the time, but he, obviously we're building the, into the stereotype. But he's this older than me, probably in his young fifties, Asian guy. But he shows up to the range decked. Like, and I and I have a flat huge brim, amount of flat brim hat, flat brim hat. No, no, regular hat. <laughs> All right, but but pulled together, he's got like the white undershirt on and the his his. There's no wrinkles in his clothes. Okay, like you know, I'm you know I'm up there wearing whatever I wore to work generally, and this guy's decked. I always feel I always like get close to him. Like I always pick a I always pick a pick a spot next to this dude because. Uh, I don't intentionally get decked for the range, but because I generally work from home, I'm not um, like I'll put on golf apparel to go to the range, which means I'm probably wearing a pair of golf slacks and a, and a, and a shirt and probably uh-huh. like a quarter zip or half zip. <laughs> and and it's looking good. And you're and you're looking good doing it. Well, yeah, man. you're I'm the guy. Hit, I'm also looking. I'm also hitting sweet shots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there catching eyes on the range. That's right. That's right. Putting on a show. Putting on a stripe show for Sometimes. the for the for the kids. Sometimes. <laughs> I wish I could learn to relax, man. I went low at Leavenworth with like shit rental clubs, like no shit a fifteen year old tailor made driver that I actually have in my garage. That's like three iterations. Are you of clubs are you, ago? Are you gonna bring it out? The R11 with the the no, it was the quad R7 quad. The R7 quad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. With the four screws in it? Yeah, yeah. Dude, and then also bring... some of the some of the irons were tailor made and some were ping, so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you should bring you should bring that driver back out. No, I know. And go low with it. Go I'm gonna, full, go, I'm gonna get some full. fresh rogues here pretty quick, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Spend some cash. Well, I was going to. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that. There's always that. All right, bro. All right, well thanks for catching up and, and putting up with the 
being down with the sickness this week. Getting down. Oh, I think I know what the. I think I know what. I think I know what the outro music might be this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pull it together right at the end there. Um, it's going to be a quick turnaround, right? Because it's already Thursday, and we'll be doing this again in uh, roughly four days. Um, so we'll have more to talk about. Yeah, not not being gluttonous and and parenting on location. Yeah, it's, it's fine. People like it when we're gluttonous. People people just embrace it, man. At some point, you just got to live your life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope we delivered for you on our uh, return to the microphones this week. And uh, as always, we will see you on the interwebs, and you can listen to us anytime on most of your podcasting platforms. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the show. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace! Feel that? Oh shit! Why? Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You fucker, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Madness is the gift that has been given to me. I can see inside you the sickness is rising. It seems that all that was good has died. Oh no, the world is a scary place. Now that you've woken up the demon in me. Bobby, will you give it to me? Two, three, four. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You fucker, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your hate and let it flow into me. Die.